0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Woo! We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. What's good, oh, everybody? good, everybody? Hello, hello. Oh, it's been a long time. Hi. <laughs> <a long> <laughs> it has. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna let, I'm not gonna finish it. Uh this is Pastor Dudley. What's going on, everybody? Uh Northeastern family and family um extended we are excited here is your confessions family back again goodness uh it has been a long long time since we have uh talked this is all me this is my fault um nobody else
1: took the blame deadly it's fine yeah
0: yeah it's my fault camp meeting is the preparation for camp meeting is oh camp
2: meeting i thought it was the celtics
3: Oh, <laughs> let's go there! Yes, wow.
1: already from yeah. the state. Yes, we'll
3: pull it up. You know <laughs>
0: the Celtics have made the NBA finals. We're not yes. going to talk about last night. No Celtics. <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> saying? So um, I'm right now. I'm feeling very green. Mm. Um, so I'm excited about that. But All but right. uh, we want to. We, we just want to say we're here. We we you know we. You know we haven't been with you guys in a while. I think since um, April, and uh, now it's June. Can you believe that? Um, but we're here back with another episode, and uh, we're, we're just thankful for uh, your presence with us, um, to Confessors family. Uh, thank you guys for your uh, support in that regard. So, guys, how you guys? How you guys been these last couple of weeks? You guys good? Everyone's good.
3: Surviving, adulting. You know.
0: Oh yes, mm-hmm. that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I um I, I feel like there's been a lot of um a lot of things that I feel like we could have made a podcast for over this last season. Mm-hmm. Um one of the things that really jumped out to me was the the Buffalo shooting. Uh subsequently with the Milwaukee shooting and the um California shooting and then Texas hit, came, came like a week after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, this, is, this is great. And
3: did you hear? I think it was yesterday. There was a mass shooting in a church in Nigeria.
0: Yes. Yeah. Nearly fifty people. There was also
1: one in Tulsa, Oklahoma.
0: Crazy. That's right. That, in Oklahoma, right. That's, yeah. right? That's right. That's right. That's right. right. That's right. Right. Um. Yeah. So it's been um. It's been an ordeal. Um. So the, the, the this is definitely something I, I felt like it was a reason for us to jump on. Um, and yet today I felt like it was important for us to um, get back on, namely because something kind of really hit me and I, I, I brought it to the team for us to discuss. Um, and, and the topic for today, what we're going to be discussing uh, today is really, a, uh, you, can, you, you can talk about church hurt and you can talk about um, people's opinions and views of the church, but we really wanted to look about um, the church that doesn't really care about us. And uh, we don't really care about the church, and and there's a lot of people who feel that way. A lot, a lot of people have come to a conclusion of how they relate to their church and how they have sort of disassociated themselves from uh, its loyalties um, and everything under the sun. And I I, I, I sort of felt the need uh, to say to to talk about this. But let me let me put two caveats out. Let me put two caveats out bef- before we get into it. Um, the first caveat I'd like to suggest, man, which one do I want to say first? Okay. The first caveat I want to say is this kind of, this kind of sprung on to me after I heard, after I saw a image I show you guys in the text message in our group chat of, um, the, the, the age disparity that's happening right now at the general conference session that's happening. And I looked at the age, um, the age group, and I said, you know, it's 2022. The youth are the church of today. Mm -hmm. uh, Who said that quote? Who knows? Unknown. Um, But, uh, and apparently it must be unknown because nobody wants to claim that. (laughs) Nobody wants to claim that. Um, And so I I, I sort of felt a type of way about that. I felt a type of way about the fact that, you know, we have a world that the world church is in discussion about things, and yet the general public—at least my, myself—count me to be ignorant. The general public doesn't necessarily have a sense of what's going on. What are the what are the topics being discussed? Who are the people that's going to be elected? You know, yada yada yada. And I know we're gonna talk, we can talk about all the reasons why our our church is informate is formatted that way. There are people who are running. Whatever, um, but but it, it's just a lack of transparency, right? In this, in in the whole thing, and so that that was one reason why I felt like I wanted to talk about it. But the second thing is as important as the first, is that I've always been count me to be a per, count me to be the church defendant, right? I think I I've, I've been Dudley a lot longer than I've been past Dudley. Um, so I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm not trying to get to a point where I feel like I have I to defend the church because I'm a pastor, but I'm always the type of person where I'm very, I'm very hesitant on church bashing. I'm, I'm very, I'm very careful about that. I, I don't like to do topics like these for the sake of doing them. Because I feel like a lot of people ride that train, you know what I'm saying, because they just feel, you know what I'm saying, because it, 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 people just just love violence. They choose violence. They want to see destruction. They, 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 like, they like hurt. And so they're just w- w- willing to, you know, do that. And I don't like to do that. So this is not, I don't think that this, I, at least I'm not, the goal of today wasn't necessarily to just create havoc or to have a conversation to just bash the church. Because the reality is I love the church in all of its
3: imperfections. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm.
0: In all of its imperfections. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Count it, oh, you know, I'm an employee of the church. And so of course you're going to love the church, right? Um, But I love the church. I love the church because I grew up in the church. So I understand there's a lot of things that are wrong with the church. I'm not here to bash it. I do think it's important for us to have conversations about things for the sole thing of gaining certain perspective and also hopefully that this conversation isn't just pushing people to the ledge, but hopefully that will pull people back off the ledge mm-hmm. with this conversation. Hoping and praying. Mm-hmm. They say the prayers of a, of a righteous person in the veil of months. So Ingrid, yeah. you pray for us before we went on live. So I'm going to be righteous or not. Righteous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yo, know, E, you said you 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 have um you actually have the the graphic yes the pull it up.
3: yes um let me screen share it pull it up and this, um, this,
0: this, these are the numbers for from gc
3: right this
0: is the, this is the numbers for 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 gc for the delegates at least yeah right yeah
3: okay um yeah it's it's what you shared with us earlier this week right her, right right right, right. On
0: your on your screen so people can see it?
3: Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. But for some reason, you know what? My computer... Oh, here it is. Mm. Can I
1: answer Anderson Sarant's question? Yeah, I think you
0: can go go for it. it. Um, So
1: the way that you become a delegate, Anderson, is um, by getting voted onto the... um, By getting voted onto the committee... Um, of delegates. And so basically your conference chooses a number of individuals to represent your conference. And then from there, then they decide, um, they vote your name kind of into that delegation. And so you're able to vote on behalf of your division, because remember, this is a general conference. So it's not just your churches or your conferences or your unions. This is a division thing. And so it's much higher than just a local local level and so that's how you become a delegate i mean it's it's not a simple uh it's not simple let's just put it that way it's not simple it's like being a part i mean like the way that i broke it down to someone this week i was explaining to them how hillary won the popular vote but trump won office and i was explaining the difference between local votes and the whole constituency of votes that's made up by states. And then, so even if they win the majority of like say Houston, Texas, where Texas has four major metropolitans, right? Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, and Austin. They, Democrat, win those areas, but all those little honky-tonk towns around those areas are red. So even though those major hubs are blue and most people populate those hubs, the other major hubs get it making the state red. So it's the same kind of thing when it comes to voting on a church conference division, general conference level. Yeah. Uh, I, but I think, um, the more you know. <laughs> Go ahead.
0: I think, I think, um, I, I, I think it's... I, this might be another another podcast that we need to have about the discussion of the framework and the structure of the conference in general um <laughs> maybe i maybe i don't want to have that conversation um but yeah I, I i feel like i feel like there's a lot that is left on the table um and it keeps us away from um doing things that are, are that are necessary for us to be involved with what's going on in the church. And so right. it comes to the conclusion of it doesn't seem as if the church really cares about my opinion. And subsequently, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of people who care about the churches. Like, like you like, we want we, if we want to talk about GC today, I don't know if a lot of people cared,
2: right? I don't think a lot of people even know that GC is happening right now, like <laughs> today as we speak. I, don't, I just don't think people are interested because so much that has come from GC in the past has infuriated individuals to the point where they just don't care. Yeah.
1: I was on the floor in 2015.
0: Really? really?
1: My was a delegate. So your family was allowed, it was pre-COVID, right?
0: Your right. family
1: was allowed to sit with you. So she had enough tickets for my father and myself to sit with her and when that vote for you know huh, when that vote came out to commission to ordain women based on divisions that was the recommendation and a lot of people did not understand what they were voting for mm-hmm. a lot of people in gc english is their third language so you nice know thing. you're presenting all these things in English as if the translators are speaking just as fast. And I could tell you, I had the Spanish translation in my ear and they were not translating the vote properly. So when you got Latin Americans voting on whether or not women should be ordained, that's an obvious absolute no. So they're thinking, oh, they're gonna ordain them everywhere. And so they were like voting no. And that was just, it was just a very sad sight to see. I think the saddest sight was to see Um, a female go to the mic, an American female go to the mic and speak against it. And um, it was just a very disheartening thing to see. Mm. And to be honest, and quite frankly, after that, I said to myself, I don't think I ever want to go to a GC again, even though understandably so, Mm -hmm. GC is where these rules are made. It's like where these policies are created. And so we don't want to talk about the fact that this major body of people that represent, and and let's just be honest, the, the, the picture does actually show who the majority is in the church right now. I think it's uncomfortable to talk about the fact that those between the ages of 40 and 59 are the majority of the church. They are. And so to have them there coming up with the policies and setting in place the procedures of the church, unfortunately, I can understand why. They're the ones that are voting the delegates into place in the first place. They're not gonna vote their grandchildren to go and represent them, and it's a sad thing. They Mm. always say the youth is is the head of the church tomorrow. That's what they love to say. Oh, Tomorrow Tomorrow
3: never comes.
1: And I'm sitting there like, what? No, it's today. <laughs> like,
3: yeah. And the problem is, is mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. You drink my water. Tomorrow never <laughs> comes. Tomorrow,
2: <laughs> tomorrow never comes. Okay. Mm. I have children, and I'm still the church of tomorrow. So
1: let's I not even. That.
3: Yeah, it's a problem. It's a problem.
1: Dudley, you need sound effects. Play yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, you, for real, I do. I do need sound effects in this joy. Yeah, for real. So, so it, it, it's it's. It's, um, it's a hard, it's a hard pill to swallow so people, people who, who, who still care about it. But the reality is a lot of people who, who don't like, right? well, if we're circling back, coming back full we'll circle, a lot of people who don't, a lot of people who are kind of over it, um, especially our, our, our generation, we are, we don't really stay and fight, you know, we kind of like, all right, if you guys want it, you guys want it. It is what it is. And we, you know, we just go and do our own thing. Um, which, which which speaks really now to the sense of where uh, we are as uh, as believers, um, where the average uh, church member is. Um, COVID really didn't do a, a good service to us in that regard of of helping us to really care about the success of our church. A lot of people just kind became their own independent person or whatever the case may be. Um, so I guess the, what what I want to do is I, I wanted to have um, pose some questions to you guys. Uh, we can pose some questions to those who are watching and those who are listening, um, as to where you are and wh- and how do you handle uh, certain things. Um, cool, cool, Is that cool. Got it. All right. You, um, can
1: we start with Erica's question?
0: What where, where where's Erica's question? Erica Paris. No. Uh, the Next one that she, she actually. The,
1: the next one. one. The next
0: one, next one. Next one. Next one. Next one. I got it. I got it. Honestly, is, be, is being a part of a church organization necessary to salvation? Okay. Ooh, me teacher. Hmm. Hmm. Go. I'm not poo-pooing the question. <laughs> oh, 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 what a way to start. Go ahead. I'm, then. I'm not pooing the question. <laughs> okay, Erica. I believe that's a valid question. However. That question is the, is one of the major problems that I have with church. Because the church has given us this idea of thinking that everything, that the goal, right, is heaven. We've, all, we've heard it, Adventist, second coming, everything is so rooted Oh <laughs> Everything is so rooted towards, towards that kingdom, where the reality is that kingdom is not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not a place. The kingdom of God is an ideology. And so when we begin to start to actually focus our, our goal to be our inward change, And not necessarily our external destination is when we begin to start to realize why things matter the way they matter. And so a lot of times when people begin to start to make heaven our goal, you begin to start to focus everything towards that. Okay, all I got to do is make it to the the, the welcome table. All I got to do is make it to the pearly gates. And everything else doesn't matter. Where the reality is, I believe that if there's a reward. The reward of our transformation is, is heaven. But mm-hmm. I don't necessarily believe that the reward is the goal. And so for us, and the reason why I say that is because last thing I'll say in, in regards to that is, is that when you look at our church, our church should be a place should be a place that is nurturing your own spiritual and holistic growth, right? And so, if that's the case, then I don't necessarily want to uh, condemn the church and think that it has anything in, in, in equated to my salvation. So the, the, the so the, the 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 short answer is no. But it shouldn't it, it shouldn't have to be. That, that that ideology, like thinking that you, you, you need to be a part of the church in order for you to go to heaven. Absolutely not. It's all about Jesus. With that being said, it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't go to, you don't go to church because if you're thinking about your own, you know, holistic growth. And you want to lean on other believers. You want to care about your growth. See, a lot of times people just feel like, I just want to get to heaven, but you ain't trying to change who you are. You know, and and, and there needs to be some balance between both. And so I want to make sure that that we realize that there is a difference between my, my salvation and my sanctification. And not for us to try to throw everything in the bathwater, which I feel like church has done a bad job of doing. Everyone has told you, you know, church... Heaven is your goal and so stay in the church because church is the only way for you to get to heaven. That's incorrect. Jesus is the way for you to get to, is the way for you to get your, your soul salvation. Point blank period. So then why do you need church? Has the pandemic has taught us anything? It's taught us I don't necessarily need church to build a relationship with God. but people are still are still clamoring to get back to church. Why? Because there's, there's 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 something important about being around like-minded believers, leaning on your brother and sister on in areas where you need help or you you want prayer for it, yada yada yada. And so you you gotta you gotta recognize the good and not necessarily impart, impart that with the bad. Anyway, w- 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 talk to me. Tell me if I'm wrong.
3: So I, I do believe you do need church. I believe you need Christian fellowship to continue to get closer to God. Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. I believe that that we need fellowship to continue to grow in our sanctification. I believe that God uses that. I do want to point out with the question, though, that I think that it, it, it may indicate a misunderstanding that a lot of people have about church and especially about the Seventh-day Adventist church. So I just want to say this. We are not Seventh-day Adventists to be saved. Yes! Yeah! Preach
1: Antho, you better preach.
3: Yeah. And a lot of people believe and have been taught to fear the lake of fire and to say you better be a seventh day Adventist in order to be saved. That is not the purpose of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Jesus mm. says, Other sheep I have that are not of this fold. Right. The reason we are Seventh-day Adventists is because is because of mission. Our mission, when you look at Revelation 14, you see the the, the three angels message, right? The three three angels message makes it clear that the world is going to be under such great deception that God raises a church to let the rest of the world know, listen, Babylon has fallen. This system that people are putting their faith in, their trust in, da, 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 like that is not going to work. We are the warning label on the pack of cigarettes that lets people know this will kill you, this will not save you, this will not help you. That is the reason the Seventh Day Adventist Church exists. That's and a when, great. That's a great example. But you know, nobody reads that, right? Nobody reads that. So whenever I hear the question, "Do we need to be this to like to be saved?" It's like, ah, we still think that that being an Adventist is what saves me. And it's like, no, walking with Christ is what saves me. Accepting Him by faith is what saves me. Um, um, being well, being sanctified by Him is what saves me. I don't believe that God has any allegiance to the Adventist trademark. Right. I believe that God calls a people. Now, in God calling a people, the Seventh-day Adventist church rose up. Um, But the reason why we're Adventists is because there is no other global mechanism as vast and as wide as we are that preaches the gospel the way that we do, that teaches education, that teaches health, that continues to warn the world of this impending doom that is prophesied in the book of revelation. That is the reason why we are Adventists. We should not be Adventists because I'm sitting here because I want to make it into the kingdom. No, I'm sitting here and I'm learning and I'm being empowered to go out and to help others because so many others have fallen under the same deception. And now that I have now that I've, I've broken free, I'm, I'm now going to share this, this freedom, this gospel, this truth
0: with the rest of the world. That is the reason we should be Adventists. Let me ask you a question. Wait, go ahead, What, what up?
1: I want to be clear about something that Edsel just said, and I want to clarify it a little bit because I don't fully agree with what he said. And it's just one word that he said. Okay. Edsel said, God has prepared a church. And Mm -hmm. I would argue that it's a people because Mm -hmm. if I just say it's a church, then the issue with that is that the policies that are put in place by a human being now become an aspect of my salvation. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. What I have found is when Revelation 14 talks about what Jesus is coming back for, it talks about people who have the characteristics of okay. Jesus yeah. and keep the commandments of God. And I think the reason why Edsel said a people, a uh, church, is because the Seventh-day Adventist church claims to be the church that has the testimony of Jesus and keeps the commandments of God. That's why he said that. And I agree, that's Mm -hmm. the same reason why I am a Seventh-day Adventist, Mm -hmm. because the Seventh-day Adventist church is the church that most closely adheres to that. But if we're honest, if we're honest, we are really lacking in that testimony part. Mm -hmm. Because if we were more like Jesus was, we would not treat people The way that the Seventh day Adventist Church treats its own, aside from the fact that this is a church where white Jesus has been perpetuated for years as the Jesus of the Adventist. And I mean, let's just be real up in here today, these are confessions i kicked every white jesus picture out of my church i would have set it on fire if i could have and it wasn't going to be considered blasphemy because the reality is we are we are talking about bringing people to a place where the person of color that did the oppression to them is now considered the person they're supposed to come to for their salvation where do they do that Mm -hmm. it's not gonna work so so i believe that if we were more honest about what the church is supposed to do and etzel hit that nail straight on on the head our job was mission this church was started as a movement by people that were 15 and 17 and 21 and they were out there in the field because they came from a place of disappointment let's be clear the church came out of that Millerite movement because they were disappointed that in 1844 it did not happen the way they thought it would happen. And so when they started to realize that they had all these dates wrong, that they had all these things wrong, that they had all these policies and procedures wrong, we study. they decided to <laughs> mm-hmm. ahead and take charge mm-hmm. of what they, who the message should be, right. and they began to move around spreading the gospel of Jesus according to what it was supposed to be. And let me tell you, they didn't always have it right. Because if you remember, there was a GC session where Ellen White had to stand by two young guys who were preaching the same doctrine mm-hmm. about sanctification mm-hmm. and what saves people is not works mm-hmm. but grace. Mm-hmm. And the church almost split because of that. Mm-hmm. So I feel like people do not know, people do not know what exactly-
3: There's a motion on the floor. I people second there's a motion there's emotion the I sell move
1: people moved. don't understand <laughs> what it means to be an Adventist because they don't understand their history. And if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat the mistakes of the past, which is what we're seeing right now. And so give me two more minutes. Let me make this very clear. What salvation is how are you saved? The Bible is clear. The Bible says you claim Jesus as your personal savior. And in that moment, you are justified. That's you're not sanctified, mm-hmm. you're justified, mm-hmm. which means his righteousness becomes your righteousness. Let's keep going. Now that I'm justified, what's the process? Well, the process is God will work on you. And this is where the church comes in. I always tell people, go where you grow. And the reason why I say that is because Jesus mm. will grow you in the places that you need to grow the most. And usually if you stick to the Adventist church long enough, you will realize that that iron will sharpen you pretty sharply because you will either become deeper into your beliefs or you're going to just completely leave. And I'll tell you what, as a person who has left in the past, but came <laughs> back, I can tell you that when I made the decision to become a Seventh day Adventist for the second time, it was a permanent decision, unshakable. Because I found out about God for myself. And as I grew in my relationship with God, I was justified. And now I'm being sanctified. There are things he's working out of me. He is working on me. Then when he comes back, when everybody, when he comes back, not tomorrow, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I will then be glorified. And that's the process of perfection. It will not happen while you're here on earth. It that's will happen when you are in heaven. Right before mm-hmm. you go, in a blink of an eye, the Bible says. That's when you will be able to have that perfection, that glorification will happen. And this process of sanctification takes forever. It's a long process because every time I think I'm better, and Ellen White said it herself, the closer I get to Christ, the more of my dirtiness I see. Because mm-hmm. if you right. are in this church and you feel like you're perfect, you are in the wrong church and you are Absolutely. in the wrong place. Because you Absolutely. should be in heaven with Enoch. So I'm just saying, the problem is, as a church, Etzel to answer why, or actually, Dudley, you started with this question. Why doesn't the church tell people that this is the process of sanctification? Because we're afraid. That if people wow. actually knew. It's more than
0: that. Come on. It's uh-huh. more than that. That's what I'm trying to get to. It's hear more me, than
1: hear that. Me, hear me. Hear me. The church is afraid that if people was, were actually able to choose based on their knowledge. And not fear that they wouldn't stay. If people knew that mm. they're sanctified, that, that I'm sorry, that they're saved and they don't have to do anything for their salvation, they may never come to church.
2: I completely agree with that.
3: Earth. Yeah. Like, you let, have You You're you up, right, you right, right there. Fear. Right there. <laughs> you know, listen,
1: it's fear. It's fear.
2: I, I'm a, I, I've been, a, I'm a lifelong Seventh day Adventist um a oh. lifelong member of my current church. The,
1: which is, very <laughs> rare. No
2: no no no, but I'm just I'm just saying that to say that I don't agree with the statement because I feel like knowledge empowers you to do something for others, right? The knowledge that I've gained has helped me to influence the young people that I work with. Right. And to try to give them the knowledge to understand Exactly what you just said, but the importance of continuing to pass it on to future generations. I tell them, my daughters don't want to hear me. I need you to be my mouthpiece to keep my girls in the church and to teach them the importance of relationship and sanctification and how they will be saved.
1: Were you taught that?
2: Was I taught that? Not at a young age, but
1: that's what I'm saying.
2: But Right. I hear you with that. I hear you with that, Michelle. I really do. However, there were people, mentors that surrounded me that did teach me that. And it didn't make me feel like I didn't need to be at church. It empowered me and made me want to be there and want to give that information that I should have received at a younger age to younger people.
3: The other thing, though, is this. We don't like to read, we don't read, we don't read the Sabbath lesson. We don't read the books that we have. We don't read any of those. We don't those. read the Bible. We don't, we don't read, read the Bible. Nothing. We don't read the Bible. I grew up with this little book all over the house called Steps to Christ, all mm-hmm. over the place. Different it was, covers. It was, it was, it was everywhere. Yeah. And I, different covers, right? Yep. D- different names. It was everywhere. I never read that thing until I was about 23, 23. And my mind was blown. And I was like, I've just learned about sanctification. So I can't just put it on, oh, they haven't taught us. It's like, listen, some of us, we lazy. We want to get a Etil, sermon. Go Etil, Etil, they, they, they you are a pastor. Do you teach a
1: pastor. I wasn't a pastor when I
3: read it. I wasn't a pastor when I read it.
1: I'm saying when you were 23. No. I'm saying right okay. now. Do okay. you teach the people the way that I just said it?
3: Oh, yeah, 100%.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. So does Dudley. So do I. So does Ingrid. Right? But... I'm speaking about what I was taught growing up. I was not taught about grace. Mm-hmm. I was taught about rules and regulations. Yes, Turn but, off the TV. Don't watch cartoons. Don't drink coffee. Don't eat shrimp.
3: But did your teachers know about grace?
1: But
3: did your teachers know about grace? Because I believe that the generations that didn't teach my point.
0: They had, No, they didn't.
3: They had steps no. to Christ too. Yeah, right, right, right. But the point is, it wasn't fear that—that's not. The, it wasn't fear that they didn't teach you. Like, oh, you're gonna leave the church if we don't teach you this. They it was ignorance.
2: Exactly, and that's exactly what I was gonna say because lack know. of education is quite evident in the previous generations, not just in the church, yeah. but in every aspect of their lives. Right, and as we have become okay. more educated in so yeah. many different ways, I think that we, you know, we have this platform where we can do what they didn't do.
0: I'm a little, I'm, I'm a little leaning. I'm listening to Michelle. I'm leaning a little bit to what Michelle is saying. because because the book steps of Christ was there then too. You you know what it was? Let's just call it what it is. There were certain people, I'm not, I'm not bashing everybody, but there were certain people who, 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 who found it convenient Mm -hmm. that, 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 that grace was left out of the message. Yes, mm-hmm. it was. In, it, it worked in favor. It worked in favor of the organization. And Preach. throwing out the drums
3: and, and throwing they're. out the drums, right? And throwing out the, right. drums, throwing out the cultural ethnic right. diversity of the church. I know
1: that because oh, they were a rebellion.
3: So it wasn't us. Why
1: well, did they say it was us?
0: Okay, oh, I didn't say it was. A, I mean, oh, yeah, okay. I know.
1: Okay. I said it, it was us. here. I didn't say from who. Right. Interesting. Okay, okay, fine. Yes, so I think we right. all
2: agree with that. agree I don't agree. I was like, what you talking
1: about? We all agree with that. Agree? So guys, guys, so- who indoctrinated our parents? Who came into our islands and told our parents in order to go to church they have to wear stockings and mm-hmm. skirts that were down below their below their shoes? Hats. And they still do it to this day. Yeah in hawaii you cannot preach if you're not wearing a suit jacket in 117 degree humid weather come on that indoctrination was just fear that we if we took on our denominational teachings and embedded it into our culture they would consider it like satanic worship i remember sitting in the seminary at so one of our teachers who sat there and told me that drums you were in the class. You know exactly who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. He on a, on a on a desk sat there and said what is the syncopation of a 2 and 4 and a 1 and 3. And I like that what the <laughs> and and he literally called drums devil worship. Mercy. So so it's it's so I understand all that to say. I can understand why black young people want to leave the church.
3: But also I know I, I mm. I'll also the say this though. With,
1: with racial theory, the racial theory, just, if we don't teach it, then it doesn't exist.
3: Just in balance though, there have been, there are bright lights, every generation. There are people oh, who are really, who are teaching it well. Right. I think part of the challenge also is, I think we as a people lean towards works because we like to be in control.
1: Of course. And
3: and if if I can say oh well, if I can just control myself control my behavior my my mm-hmm. inclinations my desires all of those things then I'm working my way into heaven so I think it's it's part and parcel teachers as well as those who the <laughs> the, the, the the pupils who say oh this grace thing is nice but man and, and you I know can, what it is
0: is because hmm. the 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 fundamental um um source by which this message finds evidence is through faith and, and faith is something that you can't see mm-hmm. so it's hard for someone to grasp that that untangible source of e- evidence
3: that i get something for the nothing
0: catalyst mm-hmm. exactly. you know what I'm saying? for me to base my entire I'm life off. on and so mm-hmm. they need to see something tangible in order for them to find evidence that there's some level of transformation and growth and this thing is actually true and so now we've We've gotten to a point, especially where we are, where we begin to start to realize, hopefully we've gotten to a point where we realize the things that can be tangible, even though they're intangible. And so then you begin to start to question everything that you saw before and begin to start to realize, well, was that real or was that, you know, just whatever it was for, you know, uh, for for propaganda, for, I mean, case the, 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 there's a, there's an example Man, man, I should I say this? I was gonna wait for I was gonna wait for our conversation with with um about Sabbath school. I was gonna wait for this, but I'm gonna say it right now because say it twice. So I'm gonna say it twice. It's cool.
1: It sticks to memory. One, one of my
0: bigger one of my bigger problems is is how we we preach the gospel. Our way of preaching the gospel sort of suggests an, an alliance towards organization, right, And yeah. not towards the kingdom of God. There, 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 there are there are s- small antidotes that mm-hmm. are s- suggested in our messages, s- suggested in the way in which we teach Sabbath school. Case in point, I, I used to grow up in church and listen to the mission statement every week, mm-hmm. and I would hear about these people from o- overseas doing amazing things. You right. know, you know, getting transformed, right? Their hearts being transformed, their lives being changed. And at the end of the day, we want to credit the fact that they found out about the Sabbath. Mm hmm. hmm. <laughs> Works. So support your mm-hmm. local church. Right. Because it was about them coming to understand that Saturday was the Sabbath. Right. Was the reason why they found Jesus. Right. I literally saw that this week at church. Right. And I'm literally on some. Nah, bro. Watch yeah. this. Watch this. What
3: is the affirmation of faith in most Advent? The affirmation oh, Lord, to talk about oh, of faith in most Adventist churches. And so, what so is the text that people use to it's affirm, it's 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 affirm it's their faith
0: either, in, either, in our it's churches? It's either, Somebody it's either two. It's, it's either two. It's either The fourth commandment, Exodus 20 uh-huh. to it's, eleven. It's, it's Exodus twelve. Uh, Exodus 20, mm-hmm. 8 to eleven.
1: No, no, my, 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 church, my, church, my church made right. a
0: Revelation 14. Yeah, yeah, Revelation yeah, it's,
1: one,
3: it's
2: one or it's the one other. Truth.
3: It is not we are saved by grace through faith, not of works lest any man should boast. It is not for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten. No, no, no. no. It's, we keep the Sabbath. We have the mission. This is how we
0: affirm. You better preach that's the, and That And that's the reason why coming back full circle to that, that question that Erica gave at the top of the hour. Right. That's the reason why I felt like, even though I understand the reason why she's asking that question, that's the problem with that question is because the, yeah. because the church has given a wrong brand as to what actually the church is about, and so you begin to start to think that it's, it's about the it's a it's about all of the things that you are blessed by because you are saved, right. and not necessarily about the fact that you are saved. Right. You know, it it, it you, you you begin to start to realize as you look unto Jesus, Jesus imparts you a power to become more like him. And, and, and that transformation process as you're just being thankful that you are saved and you're just building a relationship with Jesus, Jesus allows you to be more like him each and every single day. And we focus more on the transformation of being more like Jesus than actually being with right. Jesus. Okay. And that okay. actually <laughs> is the challenge what you do. It. You can't change without him, without looking unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of your faith. There's no way for you to do that. And yet we focus so much on the practical, tangible evidence than the intangible things of actually what what building a relationship looks like.
2: Because the fact of the matter is, you know, they don't want people empowered to actually go out and be like Christ, right? If you keep people scared...
0: So that's, a right? wow. <laughs> that's a strong line. Wow, that's a strong
2: line, Say what you said again. That's the truth. They don't want to empower people to be like Christ and go out into the streets. They want to keep us afraid, so we keep coming to the sanctuary on Sabbath, who's right?
1: Who's
2: they? And, and no, 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 no. Listen, not y'all. Like, come on, Look at all the mass shootings. Look at all the mass shootings that are happening. Right. Instead, we we have the truth. We know what's going to happen in the last days. We say that we know. Right. Why why do we act surprised? (laughs) Why do we sit in church every week and preach as if, you know, we we, got to keep coming and we got to keep praying because, you know, every week we're hearing about another shooting. This shouldn't surprise us. Why aren't we going out into the streets and the highways and byways and helping someone and teaching someone and giving to someone? No, right. We should do that on our own time. Mm -hmm. But on Sabbath, we should come and sit in the sanctuary and listen to what people have to tell us so that we can, you know, listen, let's let's say what it is so that we can return our tithe and offering, right? And then go home. Well, guess what? There's, there's Cash App. There's Zelle. I don't need to be in the sanctuary. I can go and do what I need to do and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I'll still return a faithful tithe and offering electronically.
0: Hmm. Well, I, 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 I find... I find, yes, that's abs- you're absolutely right, but 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 understand. You said that there was there was it felt like there was like an agenda that there were certain people who are out. To there make are some it people toward. that have an agenda. Yeah, true. I, I, you, you you you're probably right, but I want to. I I don't want to suggest <laughs> that there's a there's a certain malice. No. I, I would lean toward what Edsel said about this. I feel that there's a lot of people who have who lived in ignorance, but like Michelle said. People benefited off of that. There are people who benefited off of how convenient that me- the message was shared with with certain things left out of it, and it benefited in the way in which it went. And so now we, as a people, we've got, there are many people who have come to a, the ledge, right, who are looking at this thing and say, man, I'm about to give up on this church thing. I'm about to give up on this whole thing whatsoever. And... They need to begin to start to realize. Listen, I know I know there are a lot of people who did this out of ignorance, and it benefited them. But don't think that this is what the church is, or what the intention of what God wanted the church to become. And it's our, it's our responsibility as young ministers, young leaders in the church. It's our responsibility to be the voice of re- re- recognizing. No, no, no. These our predecessors are not, and their mistakes, whether whether conscious or unconscious of it is not, is not going to define what my church can be as I move forward. I have a responsibility mm-hmm. to preach the right message. I have a responsibility really? of telling people what this thing is and, and, and not living off of past mistakes. Because the reality is, is that for, for me, I'm looking at 40. I'm looking at 40. 40 is right next. I'm like, I'm looking at 40 years old. I can't keep thinking that I keep can't keep talking like I'm the like I'm the young person. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, even though the church might continue to look at me like that. I have a responsibility to make the church look different, sound different, feel different. And I think it comes a lot with letting people know, yeah, they were wrong. Yes, you are absolutely right. I'm one of the first people that will tell you church was wrong in what they did. There's a lot of propaganda that they did. There was a lot of okie-doke that they used to try to keep you in. And I, and I think a lot of the okie-doke came, a lot of the okie, whether, whether direct or indirect, I'm not saying it was a purposeful thing. I don't. Let's let's have a meeting and figure out how no. we feel these people. I don't think that was the case. I think based on who they were, based on what they feel that they needed in their life at that time, some people needed order and and direction. Especially me coming from my, my parents coming from Haiti. I know coming out of the world, the world was very spiritualized. It was very, you know, so you needed. Law and order. I get that. I understand that. But with, with whatever the reason why they needed what they needed in order for them to find Jesus, whatever it is, now is my responsibility to pivot. It's my responsibility to show, to teach what the church is supposed to be in order for us to move forward and not allow people to come to the conclusion of saying, well, the church is always going to be what they taught it to be. No, I have a responsibility and you have a responsibility to learn, to read those steps Absolutely. of Christ's books and listen. not just go to your own who and say, well, yep, it is what listen. it is. They, they made a mistake. So it's therefore the reason why no.
2: I'm leaving the church. I love the church. Right. And I'm never going to leave this church. However, when I listen to my young people, they're not invested into this church because no one takes the time to know what their needs are, right? You're talking about needs, right? If you if you stay in the mindset of where you've always been and you're not taking the time to learn about your members and what their needs are, it doesn't matter how much you continue to do what you've been doing, people will leave, right? They'll either leave and go somewhere where their needs are being met Or they'll leave and they'll have their relationship with Christ outside of the church. Yeah. That's it.
3: So I just want to say this, right? Because I think that it is easy for people to build the straw man. And I know that's not what you're doing, Pastor Dudley, of, of like, these people are trying to do these things. This and is why we
0: it. need you. you yeah. You're such a you're such right. the balance. Like, that's the, be Switzerland, Switzerland. That's, that's his job. job. That's your job. Yeah, that's <laughs> job. I appreciate you, man. That's right. what Ezra <laughs> says in my column. There we that go. It sounds like that, I'm
3: sorry. Like, right. yeah, right. yeah, right. so it's, it's not that. It is that historically in our DNA, it's works. In, our, in the DNA of the church. And we're still learning to outgrow that. And it continues right. to manifest. So when you come out of the great disappointment and people are like, all right, we study long enough. We study hard enough. We we, we, we learn this now, but we do all these things. We're going to work our way. It took about 40 years between the great disappointment and the acceptance of righteousness by faith. So all those writings, there's still that influence that still continues to bleed over. And people, because we love control, we take it as well. And because we also, we don't train our children in sanctification what we do is that we teach our children the stove is hot don't touch it and we That's never mature them in their faith to say now that you're a little bit older let's not just say that the stove is hot and this is how you use the stove and this is what we do right we say the movies are evil don't go right why? Well, we don't them, right we don't teach them why we don't we don't teach them Oh, no, like, be careful about what you let, what you let your, your eyes linger on, right? There, go, Wherever you there, are. You can go watch. Yeah, exactly, right? So then that stuff begins to mutate into, oh, I can't look at evil things. Her skirt is a little too short. She's responsible for that the same way the movies are responsible for what they produce. It's. I'm going to put it on them instead of learning, hey, hey, listen, let me control my eyes a little bit. Let me look to the hills from where it's coming to my help. Let me take some responsibility over my... So anyway, the point I'm making is this. And, and this is kind of, I, I hope, bringing it back to um, the church doesn't care about me. I don't care about the church. That kind of dynamic that is growing and brewing within our church. There are always going to be things that the generation before us didn't know that we get upset. Like, man, why didn't y'all teach me this? yeah And part of being a child and dealing with parents and part of being a church member as well, dealing with older folks, is getting to the point where we can forgive our parents, the older generations for giving us the best of what they knew at the time.
2: Absolutely.
3: And the fact that it may not have been the, it may not have been what we needed or what we wanted, but they still gave, like, it, I believe it has to happen for 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 young people with their parents. You get to a point where you're like, man, how come I didn't have this? How come? And you realize, you look back at the circumstance, you get some context over time. You're like, man, all right, it wasn't the best, but it was what it was what you knew to give. Right. And,
2: and that's we, true. Our
3: churches as and- well.
2: In some regards, in right? some regards, in some, in some regards. regards, because we still have a yeah. lot of individuals in our churches that refuse to do better. Who refuse? They know. They see. They've seen the outcome, and they've heard and they've listened and they yeah, should but have Jesus learned.
1: about them. He said, "Let the wheat grow with the tares." Right. You know, yeah. I, I want to make it clear. Edsel said something because 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 Ingrid, you said something, and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> so, ah, uh, listen. The reason why I became a pastor,
0: mm-hmm. other
1: than my calling to Christ, Jesus went to the synagogue every Sabbath as was his custom.
0: Mm-hmm. As was the his custom, That's was absolutely. full
1: of Pharisees. The synagogue was full of Sadducees. The synagogue was full of broken leaders and broken people. Mm-hmm. Hence, why when he fixed the woman's hand that was crippled in the church. She was in the church for 18 years with a crippled issue. And it wasn't until Jesus showed up and healed her that she finally found the healing while being in church for 18 years. When she's healed, the same people who've been there every week watching her brokenness criticize Jesus for healing her on the Sabbath. And they got mad that he did these works. And I wanna be clear about this. Hmm. It's not that there's no power in the church. There is power in the church because there are good people that are prayer warriors in that same church, along with the people that are not. I think the issue is this, Jesus went to church as was his custom every Sabbath because he drew his strength from being, reading the word of God amongst, even amongst people that he would know that would crucify him later. But there were people in there that were also sincere of heart. And so he went there to not forsake the fellowship with his fellow believers. After he went to church, he went out into the cities and healed and and fixed the you know fixed the issues of the people of the cities. He walked amongst them, he ate amongst them. And I think that sometimes we go to extremes, like I'm just not gonna go to church and I'm gonna just cool. do community service all Sabbath. I'm not saying it's right right, 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 right but this is what happens, right? Or people who say, oh, I'm just gonna go to church and I'm not gonna do anything on the Sabbath. Right. I think that there's, Jesus shows a life of balance. balance. He shows that where God is, there's also room for other people to do things that may not look like they're right to the eyes of people that are beholding it. But at the end of the day, your salvation is not based on anybody else, but your relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said in the beginning, Go where you grow. Go right. In and place where it's gonna feed that that growth that you need. Go. I think sometimes we're also too sensitive. Sometimes <laughs> we get offended because I don't like the way that my pastor talked to me, or I don't like the way that sister such and such talked to me. So I'm not gonna leave their church, I'm gonna leave the church.
3: So what do you do when you feel like you're stuck between the organization? And the mission. Okay. Right. The personal exactly. Work, local exactly
0: joke. where I'm getting because I think we're, we're at a point where I think let's begin to start to identify actual people right. and, and where yeah. they are in terms of let's help some people tonight, guys. Yeah. So I, I just want to shout out our comment section. Our comment section is so <laughs> fire. fire. I, I know, know. so much. They joke? had their own conversation, so it was hard for me to pull.
3: The I comment can't it. Is so much.
0: Yeah. So but, shout out to y'all. Shout out. Well, you,
2: let you, me y'all. say this, right? I love my church. I believe no, no, no. I believe that, yes, there needs to be balance. I do believe there are a lot of good people in the church. I know there are going to be some people that will never get it. I get all of that. However, what I'm finding is that there are too many churches that still exist, that there is no balance and that there is no place where people can grow, right? It's easy to say, go where you'll grow, right? However, if I, if I left my church when I wanted to leave my church, I know there were young people that would have been impacted by my leaving, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. so I Come made a conscious on. decision that it was more important for me to help to fill them up <sighs> than to just say, you know what? I'm going to oh, go about my, my own business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: <That's> so-
0: <laughs> you know, you and don't I've don't had this conversation with many of it.
2: my friends. You know, Mm -hmm. because they'll say to me, Ingrid, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. And I encourage them. We're old enough now where, you know what, we can stay where we are and we can plant seeds and we can help someone else grow. Because if not for us, some of them would be completely lost. Does that mean that we're the end all and be all at the church? Absolutely not. But when your young people are sitting in your car and they're saying, I've been in this church my whole life and people don't know how old I am. People don't know what I can do. People don't know my skill set. They don't know what my degree is in. It hurts your heart, right? And because of the love and compassion I have for them, I'm like, you know what? And especially because I have daughters and I tell them what I'm doing for you, you do for my daughters." That's
1: it. That's it. That's all I ask.
2: But that works.
1: That works when it's people like you that are mission oriented. But there are some people that don't have the capability of doing that. There are some people that, probably should go cuz they're not <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just say it. There are some people that I'm like just just go go, go.
3: <laughs> So so how do you tell the difference between iron sharpening cuz iron sharpening iron that's a process where there's friction, there's heat. So like that's not comfortable, right? That description, right? And so how do you tell the difference in your church between iron sharpening iron and this is not a space where I can grow. I got to go.
0: So I I, I I, find, I think that. I, I
3: think didn't
0: it, hear your on. question.
1: I was reading the comment section.
0: It was lit. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I feel like it, it really comes, it really comes a lot from, okay, let's just call a lot of things also from what it is too. This is this is why what Ingrid was said really hit me. I think it hit a lot of people who are, who are listening we make a lot of decisions based on what we want versus what we're convicted to to do Woo. and there needs to be a difference we especially our generation <laughs> we got to call ourselves out a little bit we are, we are we are some selfish Woo. people Woo. We yep. we really don't care about anybody else but ourselves, and yet we'll, we'll crucify Amen. the church, the organization, everybody for not sticking up for social justice, for not yada yada yada. You don't care about this person, you don't care about that person. But when you are, you are given an opportunity for you to lead, for you to stick around, for you to fight for a certain, certain, certain thing. You're the first one to say, oh, that's not my, that's not my business. That's not, that's not my ministry. My, that's not what I'm, uh, not I'm being called to do. You know, the, the reality is for us, we got to realize that sometimes God, you know where, you know where, where, where Michelle just said, oh, you need to go where you grow. Oftentimes we we, we have to stop and ask ourselves the question, is the, is the growth that I need based on the blessing I receive from the sermon or the blessing that I give to the congregation. Mercy Lord. Maybe I need to grow from how I serve and not necessarily from what I get. Some <laughs> of us we are we are so gluttonous. We are, we, we, we we just want to just oh, I'm I'm gonna stick I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to this church I'm gonna go to this church based on who the preacher's gonna be and or, or and how great they sound or how what the music is and those small little churches who need that change who need that perspective can't get it because that that person up and left and it was the easier thing for them to do so you gotta ask yourself what what is God convicting you to do some people I have no problem if if God is convicted you to leave no problem but you gotta be honest about what your decision is, and stop, and stop right. saying, oh, it's for me and for my own personal yada, 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 because a lot of times we we, we do that thinking that it's God talking, and it wasn't God, it was you, boo
3: That's it, that's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And that happens because we supplement the study of the word with the sermon. Period. So now I'm subject to whatever the preacher says, and not to my own personal study so I can pour out.
0: Because
3: I'm empty if the preacher it doesn't come with a word.
0: Yeah. I'm done. To the point that we begin to, start to parse sermons, you know, now everybody becomes their no! own, like, becomes their own, like you know, a uh, a uh, 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 sermon judger. They begin to start to, you know, say uh, like, like they've been studying theology for X amount of years. Mercy, you, you're so what? used to listening to sermons rather than having your own word. Mercy, and, and I and I and I find a yeah, lot of times people people who aren't growing through the week with their own word. They, they, I, they, there's no no wonder why you come into church looking what your perspective, looking to get. You wasn't getting anything throughout the week, so you don't have a spirit of giving of nur- of nurturing of being able to. Anyway, I, I want to pivot because there's some people there's some people who mm-hmm. I, I, I want to talk off a ledge. There's some people who I want to talk off a ledge. There's a yeah. question that we had in, in, in our prep in our text in, in our, in our text group that I want to bring up. Here's the Mm -hmm. question. Here's the question I'm going to put out to you guys. You guys can answer. Anybody in the chat, answer this question because we ain't experts. You don't got to tell them.
2: They're going to answer.
0: Yeah, for real. (laughs) I love my church, but I've lost hope slash trust in the organization. What should I do? Again, here's the question. Here it is. I love my church, but I lost hope. I've lost trust in the organization. What should I do?
1: I really hope Mitzi didn't leave because I think that she's not hearing us. And I think that sometimes what happens when we are in conversations like this is that we've been hurt and we have certain trauma that's happening and our ears are triggered by certain words. And so we hear things that aren't necessarily being said the way that we're understanding them. Um, so I just saw her post. So good. She didn't leave. So Edsel, can you, can you tackle this one?
3: Huh? Um, (laughs) it's hard. It's hard. It's it's not easy. I think, man, man, Mm -hmm. I've been trying to think of how to approach this. One, I think it's important to know why you joined your church. If you're still here for the sake of salvation, you're going to be so frustrated and upset if you're here for mission, you're going to see problems as an opportunity to solve them, as an opportunity to get involved. I think we're too old at this point now. I'm speaking to millennials, especially because we're on Facebook, right? We're too old to talk about the problems in the church without talking about ourselves. like Because right. we're, we're the church. It's right. us. If you're in a position where you are, here's what it is. Here's the answer. You love your local church, but you look at organization, you look at the fact that when Black people are killed in the streets in America, we don't hear much, if anything at all, from our GC president. We look at the social issues that we care so much about, and we just don't see the church organizationally really taking a stance or or an approach that supports these things. I I think it's very tempting to look at other organizations and say, man, why isn't my church doing that? Mm -hmm. And I felt that. I've been there. The... Peace God has given me is this. One, it frustrates me and it angers me. Let me just say that. But the second thing is this. Whenever we hear about how God uses broken people to preach the gospel, to do good works, to reach others, to be a blessing, we say amen, praise the Lord. And one of the things that God revealed to me recently was like, I don't just use broken people, individuals. I use broken groups of people as well. Like when you look at Israel of old, they didn't have it all together. They were issues that they had collectively. And God was like, I'm still going to use them to be a blessing to the nation. And it, it it shifted something for me in that I was like, I can't just celebrate that God can use this broken individual. I've got to trust and also celebrate that God is u- using also this broken grouping of people as well. And that He still called this people to do a great work. Um, So if you love your local church, but you have lost hope or trust in your organization, I want to... I'll just say this. I don't think it's going to get better. I don't think that there's ever going to be a time where it's like, oh, we get our, we get our act together organizationally. I think that as a people, we can do that. But I think organizations go the way of organizations, which means they, they lean towards self-preservation.
2: And it's... Sorry. So,
3: the last thing I'll mm-hmm. say is this. As, you know, you know, whenever you're reading scripture, sometimes, like, you read yourself into the scripture, you think, oh, I'm... I'm David, I'm Paul. Like you, you see yourself in the character. As David's, there will always be Saul's, there will always be organizational issues. And when you look at the life of David, especially when he was on the run, the way that David maintained his integrity was one, he stayed faithful to the Lord, two, he did not touch God's anointing. And I know, as contrary as that seems and as that may feel to many of us, David had David could have lost the kingdom if he had killed King Saul. He said, I'm going to trust God to take care of that other stuff. I know what God has called me to do. I'm going to be faithful to that. And as much as the rest of this may break my heart, God is going to work it out. And in the process of time, God did. So that is what I hold on to, what I cling to. I'm like, let me be faithful. Let me me do what God has called me to do and allow God to just deal with the rest of it. It doesn't mean I'm not active. It doesn't mean I'm not fighting for greater things and for better things. But I'm also not going to give people who are faithless so much power over my faith.
2: Right.
0: What, what, go ahead, Ingrid, go ahead.
2: Sorry, no, I was, you know, so I work for the Department of Education, right? And I'll just leave it at that, cause that's the organization that has a lot of issues and it's very broken. But in the school that I work in, we make a conscious effort to touch the students in our community, right? I've also had the opportunity to interact with a lot of individuals from different faiths and, you know, people that really love their church and the fact of the matter is, most organizations are broken. So exactly. whether I leave Adventism and become a Jehovah's Witness, a Catholic, or whatever, it's gonna be the same. I'm gonna be exposed to the same brokenness, right? Mm-hmm. So if I love my church and I believe mm-hmm. in its mission
3: mm-hmm.
2: and what we're doing, mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be the light where I am, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds cliche. It sounds all those things, but because I've experienced it and I've seen the impact of it on others, I believe it right? Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to keep pushing forward because Mm -hmm. there's no other way to be. Like Edsel said, it's not going to get better. So what do we do? Do we give up? No. You keep pushing forward.
0: Right. I I think it's hard. I think it's hard to get to where you both are saying Mm -hmm. um, if you don't first uh, Mm -hmm. practice the love that you want to receive. Mm -hmm. There needs to be absolutely there needs to be a spirit of empathy, yeah, in the church. What you know, the reason why I preference this whole conversation at the beginning of saying I don't like, you know, having like supporting church bashing efforts for the sake for the sake of church bashing efforts, is because I don't like to perpetuate people not giving people a chance to change,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and even when they fail you, I never like to count a person Mm -hmm. out count a people out especially if it's god's people and 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 we would so desperately want people to love us and to Mm -hmm. give us a break when we fail Mm -hmm. and yet there's so there's so much of a lack of love and patience for god's church which ultimately it is you know, and 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 count me, count me a a, you know, a, a just a hopeless romantic, but I I love happy endings, right? Um, I, yo, I said this on on IG this week, right? That <laughs> uh, not, not, not this week, it was the end of last week, um, because you know I'm a communication director for the conference, right? So I see every post, every comment that is left under. What the conference does or doesn't do. I see everything. And I'm saying, I'm I'm la- I'm half jo- laughing at it, but I'm just saying, like, yo, people are like church people are mean, yo. <laughs> I, mean, you know, I was sitting here like, I'm looking through this joint at night. I'm like, I'm
1: not they're not mean, so they're I'm people. Like, they're, yeah, they're right. Look at the Instagram, look at an Instagram on God related post. True, but they, it, they will it, tear
0: you to shreds. To shreds, but but, That's but just people. But uh, right, right. But, but 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 yeah. I double back and I, I come back around and saying uh, saying to the point of saying that I think we need to practice the, the deeper art of empathy, and when and I think that that, that empathy level is going to be the maturity that we need to be able to find real grace and be able to accept the faults of our organization as much as we want to accept the faults in people. Um, to recognize that God is dealing with a, an imperfect church as much as he's dealing with an imperfect person. That's it. It's the same way. And the same energy that you want when it comes to the quintessential mm-hmm. girl who got pregnant, mm-hmm. it, it, it's the same energy. Keep that same energy. Love is love no matter where you place it. It really is. And we got, we have to really, really be able to, to have that ability to have that long suffering. And listen to the word. The word is long suffering. That's it. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's not supposed to feel good. It's not. And that's what God has called for us to do. And so, I, 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 and so, it's it's gonna take it's gonna take uh, God's people to look beyond themselves and have a love for things, for people, to, to to have their hearts broken for things, more, and on all things, and not just in some things to place yourself in the shoes of all people. Place yourself in the shoes of the of the of the young girl who made the mistake mm-hmm. and place yourself in the shoes of the leader of the of the world of the of the world church. Yeah, yeah. Everybody <laughs> don't everybody took in some craziness. Michelle, look at me. <laughs> Michelle, look at me. Everybody's looking some taking some craziness about Uncle Ted, right? Everybody got something about <laughs> Uncle Ted. Okay. Ted shoes, <laughs> a, a little bit. I love people. Love, <laughs> Trump shoes. I let's said it. Let's walk let's, in Trump shoes. Mercy. Love mercy. people. All
2: people. All people.
1: Okay, but let me say this. Fine, I love Ted. But listen, <laughs>
3: you love <And> Ted. It. <laughs> say it again. You love, you love Ted.
1: I'm not saying it again.
3: No, <laughs> Uncle Ted.
1: <laughs> I want to make, make a point, though. Ezzo gave the beautiful part of David's story. David did not touch Saul knowing that David would one day have Saul's position. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. David respected Saul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, we also know that Uriah the Hittite didn't have the same luck as Saul did because we know <clears throat> We know that though David was a man after God's Mm -hmm. own heart, Mm -hmm. he also raped a woman
2: and and killed her husband. husband,
1: And when he did it, the Lord sent Nathan to go to Uncle Ted, I'm sorry, to David, and to say what you're doing is wrong and you're going to be punished for what you've done. Cause what you're doing has not fallen on blind eyes. Mm-hmm. And, and what I'm saying is the Lord did not take David's title as king. He didn't take his title, but he took his child. He took his seed. Mercy. He took his legacy. Come on somebody. Mm. <clears throat> and it was ruined because the way that David did things did not please God. And so I wanna be clear. We are not giving a pass to pastors to be douches right. and to not get consequences for their behavior. Yeah, That's not what we're saying tonight. We are not even giving a pass to the church for being such a disgusting, deplorable, dingy place. Lord. Because God will deal with the church. He yes. will deal with those yes. that taught incorrect things.
3: Right. Yep. Right. Whether
1: it was out of ignorance,
3: right, or just
1: plain old control,
3: right. God will
1: deal with it. Yeah, my job is not to be God unless God calls me to be Nathan in that moment. Mercy. Mercy my job really. is to still be a part of that kingdom.
0: Yeah. When
1: Nathan called out David, it wasn't because David was left without a kingdom. David was very much still king. There were still issues that needed to be dealt with, including David's character. And David, when he was called out, was able to recognize and realize that what he did was so wrong. Right. That that our English text doesn't even get it right in Psalm fifty one. Right. We like created me a clean heart. That's not what David said. David said, transplant a new heart inside mm-hmm. of me because mm-hmm. he recognized that his was so messed up. Mm-hmm. It would never work again. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be clear mm-hmm. that, that there needs to be a true transformation and it's not just on a, lo- a, a, a higher level, it's on a local and personal yeah. level. Yep. Right. Because I can't come into the church and try to see something that I'm not. I stand, you ever come to Brownsville Temple, that's where I'm at, in Brownsville, New York, and you will see me in Brooklyn. Uh-oh. And you will hear me preaching just like this. I don't change on a Sabbath. Let's I don't go. change from what I am on a Monday. Where's that your church amazing. at? Where's
0: your church at? Where's your church at, by the way? <laughs> plug your Where's church. Your church?
3: No, plug, it, plug it.
1: Plug it. No, no, no. I'm not gonna say it again. I'm just thinking rewind. All I'm saying is, all I'm it, saying girl. is, all I'm saying is, what I work on myself being on Monday through Friday, that's what I give on Saturday. So if I'm not working on myself, my church will feel it on Saturday. And, and the reality is you as an individual, whatever you're not working on during Monday, Sunday through Friday, you're not going to be able to give something you're not on Saturday.
3: That's yeah. it. That's it. But Moda, that's not just a word for the pastors. David oh, yeah. rise to power and then becoming what he despised is a word for every generation that looks up and says, when I get there, I'm going to be mm-hmm. different. And it continues mm-hmm. to perpetuate the same foolishness that hurt other generations. Yeah. We all have the propensity that once we get power, position, or privilege to become what we despise. And what David what David was when he was younger, he wasn't that when he was older, unfortunately. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a word of warning to every single one of us. The last thing, I'll stay on this is this, I think last thing, is there are some of us, the Bible tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. But however, whenever we get into church conflict, we tend to forget that. And we think oh yeah. that person and that person and this organization and so on yeah. and so forth. For a lot of us, the enemy knows that he will never get us to go cheat or to go <laughs> drinking or to go smoking, do any of those things. He knows that the way to get you is through offense. Mm. If I can get somebody yes. to suspend you while you are at church, yes. somebody to hurt you, somebody yep. to disrespect you, then you will lose all of your faith and all of your religion. So I want to remind us that it is not just broken people, but that there is an enemy who is working. Now mm-hmm. we're not taking off responsibility for the organization to get itself together for people and yeah, yeah, yeah. leaders to work. No, no, we right. we want every single one of those things. But at the same time, the enemy is not laying back chilling because it's like, oh, I'm gonna let them, I'm gonna let them just do what they do. No, right. he yeah. he's working in this. Definitely. He knows, look, I will never get you to do any of those crazy things, but if I get somebody to hurt your feelings, you're gone. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And if you go, you are the bridge for the younger people that needed you. Huh, the last thing, last thing I'll say. I keep saying last thing. It's never the last thing. <laughs> there are some churches in our locale, in every locale, that are safe, safer places and healing places. Mm-hmm. Those are churches where sometimes people find themselves, and they think this is where I'm going in order to be in a better place. Sometimes God calls us to those places to heal, so that we Ourself. go. So that we- That's so that we can go back.
1: That's
3: right. And I've said this from the pulpit of my church. There, we have a lot of visitors, and I'm like, some of y'all, y'all are just here to get healed, but there's mm-hmm. work for you back in your home church. Right. right? Mm-hmm. You need to go back and get those
0: young people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I, I I say this. Um, I say this looking at the GC and right now the nominated committee just recommended Ben Wilson. just got
1: nominated. They, they're
0: doing the vote right now. Anyway. Yay. Um. I don't know if they know oh, yeah. to the right. They're doing the voting right now. I don't know if the nominator <laughs> could be just.
1: Yay! We should stop and pray for Teddy.
0: We should stop and pray, right? Amen. I, I'm not going to take the sarcasm out of your voice. And yes, sure. Five seconds. So, so, e so, I, I completely agree with what you're saying because if you look at the story of of Naaman, for example, right, mm-hmm. and having to go to the River Jordan to get his healing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It, a lot of times we we focus on the fact that he, he went down seven times, and you have to obey how many times he went down. If he, if he went down six, he wouldn't have got healed. If he went down eight, he wouldn't have got healed. It had to have been seven. Yeah. I'd like to focus more on the fact that the healing had to come because he had to accept Jordan as his place for his healing. Cool. Because a lot of times what happens is, is that because remember his complaint? His aren't complaint, there uh, other, aren't there right other right rivers, yeah, yeah, yeah Abna and Farpar mm-hmm. rivers in Damascus. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. gotta go to Jordan, and, and and that's the problem. Sometimes God is gonna send you that mm. filthy Jordan and, because only that filthy Jordan is gonna be the place for your healing, and you going to have see. to accept that fact that sometimes you're looking like oh. You know, that, that nice church might be the place for my blessing. You know, me leaving the church might be the best thing that I need from me. And God is saying, nah, I need you to go to Jordan. Mm-hmm. And you can't see where why the blessing is coming from Jordan. You got to be able to just trust and obey. There, mm. there has to be some level of allowing God to take charge in this process for you. In order for you to do that and not come to the conclusions that we do when it comes to church by Mm -hmm. throwing, taking a plug out of one of my favorite pastors and his his series last, end of last year, taking the baby out with the bathwater. You can't, that's babies in bathwater. You can't do it. And that's what we do. And that's what we do. Um, do we have time for one more question, or we, we we want to land it. I just, for the
3: sake of balance, for the sake of balance, I do want to say this: if you see that your local church is creating a space where you are being traumatized, mentally harmed, it is not safe for you. Do what you need to do to be healthy, right? Absolutely. So we we want we're, we're holding up this tension between. There's work for us to do. There's a mission for us. Like let's let's stay faithful, and at the same time,
1: you if you're bleeding out.
3: Yeah, don't kill yourself. Yeah, don't, don't yeah, put, yeah, so, don't put yeah. yourself in positions where you're losing your. No, no. Like, look at your ability to withstand certain spaces or certain. What
2: God
3: Absolutely. is calling you to do. You've got to know those things.
0: you got to know those things. So. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna land a plane. I think we did good. Hour and a half. Come on, guys. On a Monday night, I think For that's real. good. I think we that's good. good. We did, we did good. We um, good. Guys, we didn't even know where this conversation was going to lead. We just felt uh, compelled uh, to have the conversation. But I'm, I need I'm to give focus. a
1: shout out again to that comment section, y'all. What's we're going good? in. They lit it up. They lit I am up. loving the, I mean, you guys, they spoke Ooh. so much. That I was like coming in and out of our yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and if I may,
2: before before we close, right, I just want to really commend the three of you, right, as pastors, because it's rough out here sometimes. And when you have pastors that are teaching and are who are just so plain and honest and vulnerable. It, it means something. It means mm-hmm. something when you want to be a part of the church, when you want to further the work of, of God and, and bring others to Christ. So I just want to commend the three of you and just thank you for what you do in your local churches.
3: Thank you, Ingrid. That means some uh,
2: uh,
1: bounce that right back to you, Ingrid. Uh, we <laughs> yeah. want to commend you for sitting really. on a panel of three crazy pastors <laughs> and, and still managing to give extremely insightful content. Let me tell you Real. something. You are amazing. You are a testament to what it really means to be someone who understands that it is Christ who saves them and not their church. And you show that every time you come out here, you put your heart out there and you say things that, you know, Etzel and I can't legally say. Well, you can't and-
3: say. <laughs> you can't say.
0: Thank you. Thank you, though. For real.
1: So thank you for being our buffer. <laughs> so
0: def- definitely, we're, we're, you know, we're going to try to keep the schedule every other week uh with the really, don't be making
1: promises you can't keep I, can't I know keep.
0: i know i know but you know <laughs> you listen listen for those who are who didn't make plans to go to victory lake didn't not make plans to go to camp meeting you are going to miss it camp meeting is going to be amazing uh the pavilion is being redone right now that's the reason why I, your boy is so busy i mean it's gonna be phenomenal fana- the pavilion you knew at victory lake is completely different the worship space and everything is gonna be so fantastic the speakers are going to be great, um, so I'm really looking forward to Camp Meeting 2022 this year. Um, so that, that all the energy was there. But listen, now, this the the, the 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 streets is calling. They need <laughs> confessions. So we're gonna do it. But I, but I a shout freak. out! I shout out to you guys! Shout out to you guys, team! I appreciate yo, you guys. Yo, Erica's
1: funny. Can I just can I just make a point to Erica's last comment? Who all going to be yeah, there? Will <laughs> there. <laughs>
0: we'll there be AC? Yo, there will be AC, everybody. Snell's <laughs> going to be there. Snell's Snell going to be, be there, Erica. Snell's going to be there. Snell's going to be, be there week there. one. Henry Wright the week two. Yo, young adult tent is popping. Yes, New there's tent gonna be is popping. Pastor Dudley's preaching. Week one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, my mascot uniform. Yes. Be yes. Night. Yes. Yes. Um. Anyway. Yes. There's so gonna be AC. If, yes. Be gonna AC. be AC. Can you believe that? It's glory. It's a, a miracle. C. It's a miracle. Moving it's a on. Miracle. Up. <laughs> it's <a> miracle. It's <laughs> the first time. Let's just hope it, <laughs> <'Cause>, yeah, <hopefully laughs> it don't break down. Yeah. Hopefully, it don't break break down. So. Um, this is, this is us, um, signing off and, uh, listen, stay. follow all of us on Instagram. If you have not, um, follow, uh, what's mine? What's mine? What's mine past at past Dudley is mine. What, what, what what's yours? Everybody share your handles real quick, or at least type it into your name, rename yourself real quick. So everybody could put in your handles. So just follow us. Also, if you want to know what the next episodes are coming up, follow us on uh, Northeastern, uh, Northeastern at Northeastern SDA on Instagram, and if you and, and like uh, and follow us on Facebook for all of our information uh, to find out what it's going on. Um, and this is some of us. Well, I, me and Edsel's up, Ingrid is not up yet. Oh, go. Michelle's up. So just follow us on IG um, so you don't miss some of this great content. And we will see you guys. Next time. Next time. Thank you, guys.
3: That's it.
0: Oh, we did it. We did it. Ooh. All right, guys. Take well, care, we're to pay tax. <laughs> Yo, guys, signing off. Later. Peace.